Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Oscar Watch podcast, the podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners for your reconsideration. I am your smooth, slick-talking host, Stephen Buja, and joining me, as always, my faithful assistant, Amy Thomason. Amy, how are you doing today? Exhilarated. Yeah, we've had a little. We've had a, you know we had our ups and downs the last two weeks, but now I think we're we're back on the same page. We're back on the same. Pink, uh, pink sheet investment block, and we are here oh. to discuss The Wolf of Wall Street, the 2013 Best Picture nominee. So this is a for your reconsideration. Uh, and Amy, I gotta ask, I believe this is a movie on the Amy Thompson Top 100, is it not? Oh my God, it so is. And it was, and I knew it after the first time I watched it. Oh really? This was just like, no doubt, just I was like, this is on the list. Okay. This is on the list. Nice. Awesome. And you've seen it how many times since then? Countless. Yeah. I Which, really can't even count. And I read the book. Really? Okay. I was wondering about this. So uh, I, I do, you, you've obviously, you seem to read all the books of, that are, you know, the movies are based on that we talk about. And so thank God for you. Well. What is the book? Is the book like, just like, like the movie or is it a little more tame? What's, what's it going is, on? Oh, no, 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 no. Not tame. Okay. All of those things that you see and you're like, there's no freaking way this happened. Oh no, it did. Really? And the only thing that I can say that I liked about, well, I can't really say the only thing I liked about it. It was a very entertaining read. Right. But I almost had a modicum of respect for him because he really does point out what a douchebag he is. It doesn't seem like he's trying to make him portray himself in like the best light. You know what I mean? Right. He yeah, pretty he... much is like, yeah, I ripped people off. Um, I'm a, you know, I cheated on my wife. I did drugs. I mean, we did had these crazy, crazy parties, all of this other stuff. And not that he seemed apologetic, but it's not like, I don't know. He, he points out that, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I'm really not. I was money hungry and I ripped people off and I became rich. You certainly did. Now, but um, the whole thing with the helicopter and all that, that, that happened. actually happened. Yes. There's and those so parties that they things. had in the office. Yes, they did those things. The, uh, the little people tossing. Yeah. What? I, you know what? This is a movie that uh, is so outrageous that you know it's uh, it's true that uh, you know truth is in fact stranger than fiction. Like nobody would come up with this. People would look at if Terrence Winter, the writer of this movie, pitched a fictional movie called The Wolf of Wall Street that was exactly the same thing, right down to every every line and nuance but it was not based on the book people would be like no get the fuck out of here this is over too ridiculous there's no way we can do this i don't care if you have martin scorsese like you gotta like have put some reality in this but it all happened oh, i don't know how yeah. i feel about that and i think that is actually the point of the movie is that you're not sure how you're supposed to feel about this it is a uh, damning indictment of capitalism, and of course, we will talk about that. That a we bit will, later. because I've got a lot to say about that. A okay. lot of, well, a lot then, of uh, that's... that people had, and oh, my listen. counter 
arguments to all those. There are so many complaints that people have, and uh, mostly comes down to they just like didn't like it, and I kind of want to smack them, be like, "This is one of those movies where I'm like, I will judge you on your on how you feel about Wolf of Wall Street, because." Man, people didn't. How know. else would you judge people? You judge people by the books they read, the movies they like. Oh, I, I, I totally, mean, I totally do. I was like, I like, I understand. Like, oh, maybe. What else? Maybe. How else are you gonna judge someone? I mean, yeah, come on. Which is why my sister. Which is why my sister is the opposite of me. She always says, "I hate when people ask me what my favorite movies are, my favorite books." She goes, "Because I never have an answer, because I know I'm gonna be judged, and that's so horrible." And I wanted to be like Susan. How else would you judge people? Yeah, I mean, come on. The, I mean, it's either that or we're going to start judging you based on how you look. And I mean, nobody. Yeah, wants that. Oh, no, no, no. yeah. That's. I mean, the most important thing. But I think it's it's not so much like you judge people because again, I have friends who really run the gamut of movies that I like. You, like Brian, our co-host mm-hmm. on two thousand one. Uh, we'll have you back, Brian. Yeah, definitely. So. But he has movies that he likes where I'm like, what? But if someone really loves a movie that I love, I feel like you have an instant connection with that person. Yeah. yeah that's you know what I'm saying? I, I know precisely what you're saying. And Or a book that really hit somebody the same way it hit you. You're like, you're a kindred spirit. Okay. Yeah. Which is not to say, folks, that that is the only criteria upon which oh, you should yeah. judge and base your relationships on people. At the same time, this is a podcast. We've been doing this for over 100 episodes. We judge the heck out of everything. Ourselves, the movies, the each books other. they're based on, each other, <laughs> constantly, constantly nitpicking like a married couple. But We almost knocked each other out. Yeah, if we but, were in the same room recording this, we would have come to blows. Oh my God. I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad we were both uh, on, on different sides of the Mason-Dixon, frankly. That's... <laughs> that's far enough that was that's too close for comfort and yes. in that conversation but uh the wolf of wall street was directed by the great martin scorsese written by terrence winter who uh, was a writer for the sopranos and creator of boardwalk empire based on the novel I mean, oh yeah like that's oh, like that he, he wrote some of the great episodes for for the sopranos uh, it's based on the novel the wolf of wall street by jordan belfort it stars leonardo dicaprio Jonah Hill, Margot Robbie, Matthew McConaughey, Kyle Chandler, Rob Reiner, John Favreau, Yay! and John Bernthal. The IMDb synopsis, based on the true story of Jordan Belfort. From his rise to a wealthy stockbroker living the high life, to his fall involving crime, corruption, and the federal government. And there's a, uh, that's the, that's, that is the tame version of that there's oh, a lot of mayhem in this movie. Oh, there is so much. There's <laughs> so much. There's boat mayhem. There's helicopter mayhem. There's car. Oh, there's car mayhem. Um, is there motorcycle? There's no motorcycle mayhem. Hotel mayhem. Hotel mayhem. This just may- mayhem ensues viciously <laughs> and wildly, and in almost every other scene. Pretty much. Pretty much. So we're going to take a very short break and come back and talk about the Academy Awards that The Wolf of Wall Street was nominated for at the 86th annual show. Stick around. I, I had met Martin Scorsese at the Oscars when I was nominated for Moneyball, mm. and I was like, I'm not going to go up to him and bother him, because he's my hero. He's my actual creative hero. He, Goodfellas is the reason I dedicated my life to making films, and 
and he, I was sitting right in front of him. I said, I'm not going to bother him, I'm not going to bother him. And I went up, and I was just like, Goodfellas is the best. And that's what I said, and it was, it was really embarrassing. And I just ran back around to my seat and sat there, and I was like, no, why did I do that? And then about two weeks later, I got a call from my agent saying I was at the bottom of a list of far better and more accomplished actors to star opposite Leo in That's in, nice of your agent to say Wall that Street. to you. Yeah, yeah. She, you know, she keeps me humble, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and I go, oh my God, you know, even that alone would have been the coolest phone call I ever received. And so I read the book three times and I read the screenplay three times. And there have been a few, I've been lucky if you're an actor, you have a moment where you read something and you have to play that, that character. And I've been really lucky in my career that it's happened three or four times, you know, with Moneyball and Cyrus and Superbad and then this, I just was like, I- Cyrus was great too. Thank you, that's, yeah. I, thank yeah. you. I, I love that film and, and, I, and I knew when I read those movies, I had to play this person. And the only problem with this one is everyone else more famous than me wanted to play him as well. And so uh, I knew I was gonna get to meet with Mr. Scorsese and uh, Leo, who was producing the movie and starring in it, we happened to be in Mexico promoting different films. And I asked if I could meet with him. And I sat him down and I told him all about Donnie and what I thought he'd be like. And he said, you know, oh my gosh, you know, because I didn't stop talking for probably an hour and a half. And I was like, I have to play this guy. I don't care who else gets this part. I will kill them and then I'll get to play the part. <laughs> and, and that's the way it is. And he called Scorsese and had my back. And I went in there and I was so nervous. And I hadn't been auditioned in six years. And my first one back was for Martin Scorsese. Mm -hmm. and, then I read for him, and I walked all the way back downtown from his office. I said, if anything else, I got to work with Martin Scorsese for an hour. That was the coolest. And then a month and a half goes by where I'm dying every day because I haven't heard anything back, you know? And then I'm at dinner in New Orleans, and I get a phone call, and it's Leo, and he says, you got it, let's go do it. And I ran around screaming and through the streets of New Orleans and it was the best moment of my entire life. It was great. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. The Wolf of Wall Street was nominated for five Academy Awards at the 86th annual show Holy. on March 2nd, 2014. Yes, Amy, Holy we get it. Are, can we talk five. about what it was nominated for before we get into yes. what okay, it was blah, not blah, nominated blah. for? It walked away with nothing, sadly, losing the best picture to, of course, 12 Years a Slave, but what else did it not win that year? It did not win Best Writing Adapted Screenplay by Terrence Winter, who is one of my personal favorite screenwriters. <sighs> Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role from Jonah Hill. Uh-huh. Lost to Jared Leto. I have to pause because this my, my blood pressure started to go up as I I'm can, saying this. I can hear that. Best Achievement in Directing by Martin Scorsese. Mm -hmm. And it did not also win Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role for one Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. I'm shaking my head in disgust. There's, there's so, many, so many wrong things there. And I like McConaughey in Dallas Buyer Clubs. He's good. I, you know, Alfonso Cuaron is a great director, but you watch Wolf of Wall Street. This, you know, came out Christmas 2013, one of the last movies of the year. Martin Scorsese is a 70-year-old man at this point. He has won. He has won. He, he, he won in 2006 for The Departed. And we will talk, and we will talk, we'll talk about that. But you see the energy and 
creativity on display and you go like man, i wish i was i could be one tenth as energetic and alive as he is at 70 like now as he is at 70 because there, there's to be able to tell a movie like this in three hours and have it be pretty much always entertaining is astonishing and i know 30 somethings who make boring ass short films that are five minutes and go i just want to kill myself and it feels like watching a movie for three hours there's not a there's no down scene in the movie it goes it goes it goes it goes it goes it goes every scene is memorable and uh, yeah so scorsese like I, Quaron does great technical work. Like Gravity, I think is 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 a, is a wonderful movie. I look forward to talking about it in the future, in the future. And I know you know you're just, you're you're making you're scrunching your face at it. But it's a forgettable movie. People nowadays are still quoting Wolf of Wall Street and oh, remembering yeah. their favorite scenes from the Wolf of Wall Street. Well, because it has so many. It's Gravity, such a well written. It's such a like a written movie gravity oh, is totally great gravity stuff is one of those it was so groundbreaking when it came out but movies that completely rely on technicality in the long run tend to be forgettable exception of star wars but that started With an ex- but no no no, yes. no but that out of stories and characters that you cared about and all the other things that's why star wars still works that's why movies like avatar gravity tend to get forgotten because oh, it's Avatar. so technical 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 and that's all they have yeah i can't wait to talk about there's Avatar a story with you. gravity but it's yeah, not there's, it's there's, not this it's not this story it's not you don't get invested it's like oh she's a mom she wants to go home oh, i can't I'm, you know you know what i think we should do dances with wolves then avatar same movie six hours no holds barred I think I like oh, like right out like right after each other. Right after each other. You were gonna say Goodfellas. And, nope, and nope, I... nope. I'm just saying we're gonna do we're gonna do what it's like it's nothing but white savior movies from here on out. We're gonna change the name of the podcast because there's so many. But like you said, it's but like I said, excuse me, it's forgettable. It is, but and like moving on. Pie. Moving yeah. on. Moving on. Life Pie is very well directed. Moving on. DiCaprio. This was his. I'm really, really trying for an Academy Award phase. Uh, and he would win for The Revenant, which sadly is not the best uh, showcase of his, of, of, of his yeah. acting. And uh, I, gotta, I, I, mean, I gotta say, McConaughey's very good. And, and McConaughey has this, like, oh, Matthew McConaughey, cha- he changed himself. He lost a bunch of weight. He's really trying. He puts and you in can the- see that in The Wolf of Wall Street, too. He's still really, really skinny. Yeah, he's like, he's like... And like you can tell he has a lot of makeup on. His suit His suit is just a little bit too big for him. And I was like, because he just did the other movie. Yes, yeah, yeah, he did. He should have gotten a nomination for the one scene he was in in The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, that would have been awesome. fucking <laughs> amazing. And he would have deserved it if he won. I would have been yeah. like, okay. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Oh, he was so good. He was good, but 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 DiCaprio. This was, I think, this is one of my favorite. DiCaprio has a long history of great performances, but I I love him in this. It pains me that you introduce it as it's when he was really trying for an Oscar. Leonardo DiCaprio. I have followed his career since he was played a gay poet in um, Total Eclipse. I mean, like I have seen his Jesus. And that was when that's I was deep, that's when I was in high school. Deep cut and right there. He played there. A, gay, a gay poet. Um, when he did Romeo and Juliet, when he did 
what's eating Gilbert Grape. I think it's not him trying for an award. I think it's just him being him and kicking ass. If you've seen the the Basketball Diaries, I mean, he is amazing in every single thing he is. He always gives it everything. I think what bothers me about the naysayers is they're all saying, oh, He's too, again, he's over the top. He's just trying to get a thing. And it's like, no, he played a character that was crazy charismatic. There are yeah. people in the world who are like that. And he needs to be like that or else why would everybody buy into his bullshit and him you know, being who he is? So it totally makes sense for him to be, quote unquote, over the top. Yes. And you know what I'm saying? And the but he can give subtle performances too. Like in The Departed, he gave an amazing performance way subtle very, a lot very. more self-contained but again see his younger stuff too he's always amazing i don't think it necessarily looks like he's trying to win an award i think it's shocking that he did not win for this i think it's sick i think it's wrong i say this with peace and love to matthew mcconaughey this is this is a, this is the oscar Wilde tradition of amy's got opinions and <laughs> we'll get back to that but dicaprio I love DiCaprio because he's not one of those. He's not a. He's not an actor like Tom Cruise who just plays himself. He DiCaprio acts the shit out of everything. Say what you will with The Revenant and how it's mostly just DiCaprio going through unbearable shit and not really having to. There's not much else there. He's very good in it. He is very good in a okay film, but he puts he puts his best foot forward. He will play different characters. They're all super handsome and, and amazing characters because it's Leo and you can't be anything other than that. I mean, hell, Django <laughs> Unchained, he should have gotten a Best Supporting oh Actor. That was that was criminal. He was so good in that movie. And he was such an evil character, yet, because he's DiCaprio, he still has that charm. Yes, and... As far as you're drawn to that character, his scenes are, like, some of the best scenes in the entire movie. Yeah. I can't. I, I, I'm looking forward to discussing that in the in the main portion. But so those are the five it was nominated for, and I think you have opinions on other things it should have been nominated for, such as best little, editing. Yeah, yeah. Little, for my girl Thelma Shoemaker. One of the all-time greats. Planet. Did she not win the opening sequence of that movie? is breathtaking. Mm-hmm. You are on a wild ride. All of the cutting, the back and the forth with the amazing music and the voiceover from DiCaprio. It is wild that it, that she does, and I love this about her, and she does this in Goodfellas perfectly too, that you get that adrenaline rush. Though like when he's high on drugs and it goes fast, 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 fast. But then when it slows way down, yeah. and then I love, oh, God, she did this in Goodfellas. This, is, this movie reminded me a lot of Goodfellas, and yeah. I don't mean that it's derivative, but it a lot of the same techniques that like feel like they punch you in the face because they're so freaking cool. Um, the freeze frames with the narrator, it's just, but, it all, but it's still all seamless. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I'm like, I, I'm shocked. Not only that she didn't win, but she wasn't even nominated. Wasn't even nominated. That's that's the criminal so thing. Wrong. So 
wrong. Yeah. I mean, the hell, I'm still is... pissed she didn't win for Goodfellas, but that she wasn't even nominated for this? What is, the is hell? It's... And I think it's one of those things where people just assume that she is like a John Williams, that, yeah. that she always works with Scorsese. She's always amazing. So I think people think it's maybe it's not that quote-unquote hard to do it because she does it so effortlessly. Yeah. Whatever the reason, it's wrong. The makeup, the costumes, Donnie with those hideous white teeth oh. and hair. <laughs> Jonah Hill, Jesus. Ah, it's, it's a movie that is so wonderfully made, you don't even notice how wonderfully made it is and that's and, and that's the point of all the below the line uh, stuff production design costumes makeup and even even in some ways editing you're not supposed to see the seams you're not supposed to see the strings being pulled you're just supposed to see the movie and it this movie's three hours this movie's three hours and you just sit back and like i am in this and you're like oh Wow, the movie's, the movie's already over. It felt it felt so quick, and that is a sign of a very well paced movie with excellent everything going on, where you don't even feel the drag. Pretty much, it's Thelma. I'm it's, sorry you weren't nominated for this because it's it's some of your best work, and you know you and Scorsese, you and Marty. Can I call you Marty? Have been doing this in my for fantasies, so I call him long. You've been doing this like for I so said, long, had, and, you're, and nobody's. Had actual yeah. dreams. Oh my! Of course you have. Oh, please, not 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 like fun dreams. Just like meeting Martin. No, Scorsese. just like I see him like in a hallway, and I get to talk to him about movies, and I'm like this giddy, like stupid fangirl who's just like, remember when um Chris Farley used to do the Chris yes. Farley show on SNL, <laughs> where he's just like, where literally been... I'm like, remember the opening of Goodfellas? Oh my God, that was awesome! Yeah. And remember the closing of Goodfellas? Oh my god, that was the awesomest thing ever. And you know what? And, and you know what I think? Like, thank you in that little eloquent voice. Yeah, that voice. And, and you know what? I feel like Scorsese uh, would just be totally fine with that. He's he just wants any excuse to talk about movies because the man is the greatest living library of film and film knowledge that we have. Which is why we should be best friends. Because <laughs> like, no one wants to sit and hear him talk about movies. And I would actually shut up. I would be like. What do you think about this movie? And then I would just like intently listen to him. Just like, and then I bet well, I, 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 I you with a little notepad, just being like, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I know. That would be me. That would be me. So, uh, editing, cost, you know, costumes, makeup. Like, I didn't, I didn't even think about how the. I was like, oh, yeah, that's not Jonah Hill's teeth, is it? He's got. He has more normal teeth. And they're noticeable, but. They're like that on purpose because it's, it totally fits into his character. The clothes that he wore, the glasses that he wore. Oh, when, oh when it's DiCaprio's characters like his teeth were like phosphorescent <laughs> and like huge and big. It's uh, it's a it's a, it's a giant night of excess that somehow manages to contain itself all at the same time, which is uh is is a feat for any filmmaker, but. You know, you have Martin Scorsese doing this, and it's gonna be it's gonna be great. And he is basically he announced to everyone that hey, I still got this, and screw all you. I'm the king. I'm the baddest bitch in this game. Here's why: Wolf of Wall Street. Fantastic. He follows and he follows it up with Silence, another great movie, but Wolf. Probably never, talk about that. probably never talk oh. about that again. Uh, but anyways, 
we are going to discuss the Wolf of Wall Street right after this break. They're called telephones. I'm going to let you on a little secret about these telephones. They're not going to dial themselves, okay? Without you, they're just worthless hunks of plastic, like a loaded M16 without a trained Marine to pull the trigger. And in the case of the telephone, it's up to each and every one of you, my highly trained Stratonites, my killers, my killers who will not take no for an answer, my fucking warriors who will not hang up the phone until their client either buys or fucking dies! Let me tell you something. There is no nobility in poverty. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every fucking time. Because at least as a rich man, when I have to face my problems, I show up in the back of a limo wearing a $2,000 suit and a $40,000 gold fucking watch. Hey, boys, duke it out. Hit him. Hit the fuck off of me. Now, if anyone here thinks I'm superficial or materialistic, Go get a job at fucking McDonald's, because that's where you fucking belong. <laughs> but before you depart this room full of winners, I want you to take a good look at the person next to you. Go on. Because sometime in the not-so-distant future, you're going to be pulling up to a red light, and you beat up old fucking Pino, and that person's going to be pulling up right alongside you in that brand-new Porsche with that beautiful wife by their side who's got big, voluptuous tits. <laughs> and who are you going to be sitting next to? Some disgusting wildebeest with three days of razor stubble and a sleeveless muumu crammed in next to you in a car load full of groceries from the fucking price club. That's who you're going to be sitting next to. So you listen to me and you listen well. Are you behind on your credit card bills? Good, pick up the phone and start dialing. Is your landlord ready to evict you? Good. Pick up the phone and start dialing. Does your girlfriend think you're a fucking worthless loser? Good. Pick up the phone and start dialing. I want you to deal with your problems by becoming rich. <laughs> All you have to do today is pick up that phone and speak the words that I have taught you. And I will make you richer than the most powerful CEO in the United States of fucking America. <laughs> I want you to go out there and I want you to ram Steve Madden's stock down your clients' throats till they fucking choke on it. Yeah. Till they choke on it and they buy 100,000 shares. That's what I want you to do. Yeah. You be ferocious. You be relentless. Yeah. You be telephone fucking terrorist. Yeah. Now let's knock this motherfucker out of the park. Amy, there's something about stockbrokers and Wall Street that is like the Nazis, really. I'm trying to think, has there ever been a big Hollywood movie where the light is shined on 
stockbrokers, and that light is actually pretty good. Do we see do we see movies where like yeah you know what the stockbrokers they're fine upstanding people and we should applaud them for their efforts to this country? No, and the only other movies I can think about about Wall Street is like Wall Street <laughs> by Oliver Stone, right? Which is such a damning portrayal of Wall Street. It was actually name checked in this movie because yes. uh, yeah, at, at one point when FBI agent uh, Denham, played by Kyle Chandler, was uh, going after Belfort, he's like, he thinks you're the Gordon Gecko, and that's it's. Like I think I think Wall Street is so influential that we have this impression that Wall Street is actually like this. Well, here's the thing about Wall Street. Here's the thing. There are certain jobs that people go into because you really have a passion for it. And then there's jobs where literally you only go into it to get money. Teachers do not go into teaching because of the rich lifestyle. They go into it because they truly have a passion for students and they love the subject that they teach. They want to make a connect connection. Right. Doctors, I just saw you burning up a hundred dollar bill though to light a cigarette yeah. though. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I just threw sixty thousand dollars off my uh, yacht. Yeah. But people go to Wall Street because they want to make money. They want to make a lot of money, and that's really it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no altruism in being a stockbroker. So would you say Jordan's assertion that money makes you a better person is false? Yes. Okay. Despite... Uh, like, despite, not, even, not even a doubt in my mind. Yeah. The thing about the movie is that, that Jordan's a terrible person, first and foremost. That assertion that money can make you a better person is not entirely incorrect, because... What are, who do the nonprofit people go after? They don't go after, They don't give a shit about my five dollars each month. They go after these whales. They're we're all engaged in this somehow. Hey, I love my tote bag from PBS. I I have so many tote bags from so many far left organizations. I have I have I, I don't have room for them. But the, <laughs> but there's this thing where um, you know money it. Does make everything so much easier. And if you could, if you had it, if you were like George Soros and you had some spine, you could you could affect good change. But he affects good change for himself. For himself, yeah. That that's the thing. It doesn't make you a better person. It just reveals who you are on the inside. And unfortunately, none of these people in this movie are at all good people well, there's also they're not there are people with you can be very very wealthy and a good person mm -hmm. but it's not the money that necessarily makes you a good person no like i no, look at and people people roll their eyes when i bring her up but it's kind of true oprah winfrey american dream had nothing, came from nothing. No one's given her multi-million dollar loans to start her company. She started off at the bottom. She worked her way up, she worked her way up, she worked her way up. She was very smart. She created this whole empire. And, you know, she's, you know, built the leadership school in Africa. People, in, when I was taking English in college, and people were like, oh, Oprah, that's an Oprah book pick. And I thought, how wonderful is it that she's encouraging people to read? Right. You know what I mean? Like, because of Oprah... 
you know, housewives who probably, you know, may or may not be reading a lot are reading like Anna Karenina and The Sound and the Fury and these great pieces of literature. Like, that's a bad thing. Yeah. I actually just finished a Oprah book club book for my own book club. Very good, actually. Called American but Marriage. You know Go what check I'm it out. Saying? Yes. But she did it following a passion, which was um, news reporting and mm -hmm. that and media and that kind of thing. With stockbrokers, they're literally only doing it for the money. It, and that's what their passion and that's what their driving force is. Right. I'm going to, uh, audience, I am going different. to assume that none of you are stockbrokers. But if you are, feel free to complain about us and write us at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com and tell us that we are wrong. I would actually be very curious to hear why you, stockbroker audience member, got into breaking stock is that stock stock brokering breaking bro why you got Bro into the bids brokering bro bro we are totally experts on this subject we can tell we, can tell we you read the book you're 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 aces so uh and yet we all need money and so it's a weird it's what i love about this movie i love this movie is that it doesn't the movie itself is not judging the people. It, the movie gives the characters enough rope to hang themselves with. And also, towards the end, and I, I look forward to talking about, about this, so preview, it gives us, the audience, enough rope to hang ourselves with as well. And it's... Uh, well, I guess now is the time to talk about the indictment of capitalism that it, that it is. And you, had, you, you seem to show some thoughts on what you wanted to say about that. So how does this movie indict capitalism? Well, when we talked back about Ayn Rand and Ayn Rand's pure vision of the world, it's the people who are successful should be allowed to do whatever they need to be successful without regulations. And then everything in the entire country will be great. However, realistically, that's not what happened. He talks about the 80s with the stock market crashed. We're still kind of recovering from the one during uh, George Bush II uh -huh. administration. So, and again, these are not noble characters. These are characters who are drug dealers. They're not seeking knowledge. They're not, you know learning and wanting to make they want to make a lot of money donnie goes to him and he's like because you can make seventy thousand dollars a month i'm going to quit my job and work for you and yes we all have this fantasy of wouldn't it be great if we could just do whatever we want and buy whatever we want one of the things that i did hear naysayers say is that it glamorizes that lifestyle okay and i had a real problem with that because i think if you watch this movie and you think, oh my God, these people are awesome. I want to be like them. I want that to be my life. They're the coolest. They're like my role models. I think it says a lot about the person who thinks that. Yeah. This, because this, this it, movie's a mirror. Because it does show, yeah. Because I'm watching it. I'm like, these are the worst people ever. Right. And you, And it just shows, again, just that rampant capitalism that they don't that they're running the country into the ground. Yeah. We know this. It doesn't show it in the movie. We know what happens with that unregulated capitalism. Right. 
and these people who rip people off and, you know, destroy families. And not only that, but he's a lousy husband and he's an awful father. He's pretty, pretty much a shit human being. I mean, he really, he really, really is. And so you look at it, and again, it's just a matter of what your values are. If you only care about money, yeah, you watch this movie and think, oh my God, capitalism is awesome. I totally want to do that. I want to have the house and I want to have the hookers and all that. But what I also like is that Scorsese has him mention like, oh, I had to take a friggin' penicillin shot to make sure my whores didn't give me an STD before my wedding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's not glamorous. No. That's sad. And the guy who killed himself, and he, because, like, yeah, every right, woman, yeah, right. that woman had, had sex with, like, everybody in the office, like, that's gross. When he talks about the rescuer who came to rescue his dumb, drugged-up ass in the boat, the people coming out to rescue him, three of them were killed because right. he decided he needed to go to whatever country, like, that's not noble. That's disgusting. You know, we should we should be commenting on the rescue workers, the brave rescue workers who are coming out to help these selfish people. It's very Great Gatsby-ish. It's very, these people come out, they destroy lives, they break everything, and then they get just away whatever. It. They write a check and then go to France or wherever. Yeah, there were a lot of complaints about this movie that it didn't focus on the victims of the crime and that was that's a bit like saying your world war ii movie which took place in the pacific campaign didn't focus on the holocaust it's like this is a, it's a little outside of the scope but it is you know because we're trying to these people are trying we're, we're showing a damning portrait of these folks and they are going to damn themselves that, and that's that's really it but it is there there are so many consequences and people whose lives are ruined that it it, those little moments where, you know, uh, where his friend um, uh, John Bernthal, Punisher, the, uh, the, the guy who went away, uh, Brian, I think, I think he is, you know, was talking about, you know, he's surrounded by these naked women, and you know, you know, DiCaprio says, yeah, and two years later he was he's dead at 35, same age as Mozart. Yeah, I don't know why I thought about that, but isn't that something? You're like, little, just, and it always just little moments of consequence where you're like, during oh, a shit. big scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 Scorsese saying like look, yeah, it's like party, party, party. But you know, occasionally then you got to wake up. And, you know, the party the party ends. And you go, oh, well, somebody's dead. Somebody's in jail. And you divorced. owe three million dollars because you destroyed a hotel. Like, that's disgusting. It's, that's disgusting behavior. It's it's so disgusting. Um, but the but what what I like is that you 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 have those little little moments of minor reflection, but the rest of the time they're showing it. They're showing all these good times, all these parties, there's drugs, there are naked women everywhere, uh, the guys are cursing, they basically do whatever the fuck they want, they can throw little people around, and there's this brilliant... Oh, God, that brilliant... scene where they're talking about doing it, and they're it's, talking about them like they're animals. Yeah, like... but you know what, I, I, like, I do have to admit, like, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but these guys are really fun to watch talking about it, like... Feel terrible, oh. and that's that's the whole point. It's just so funny, but you know, but but you, you know you, you know what I think the, the the magic of this film is is that all it does is show you the things they go through constantly. At times, you think, okay, I get it. He's fucked up on a plane. He's it's he's just he's he's a he's a madman. He's he's a drug addict. He's a sex addict. He's a terrible human being. 
but all it does is just show you, show you, show you to the point where you're like, I was watching this like, I cannot look at another naked woman. I just, there's no, it's not sexy anymore. I, there's, I, I don't, they're not doing it because of any, out of any feeling, out of any passion or desire. They're just doing it out of this, like, I should, I guess I should screw, yeah, they're just, they're just, their base instinct. And that's, and it's so beautiful because that's, you know, there's no, there's no noble character. You know, you don't have Kyle Chandler talking about like, oh, you shouldn't do this for this, that, and this reason. No, you just see these people just fucking up their lives for a good time. And that's all it is. And that's you all see how it is. cheap it is. Yeah, it's and cheap. it's they have all this money. They can do all these things, and they just throw it away on you know hookers and blow. And I, I, I guess not having the money, I'm like, you could think of all the fucking things you could do. You could build shit. You like you know they uh, at at the beginning, Mark Hanna played by Matthew McConaughey says like, oh, we don't God, make we don't so build we don't build anything. All we do is take money from our client's pocket and put it into our pocket. And DiCaprio's like, and if we can make a little money for our client, it's a win-win situation. Martin's like, no. no. <laughs> Not how it works. And like, oh, shit. These are, like, these are the takers. They're, just ta- yes. they're, they're the ones who are taking money. Everyone else is and trying to survive. They're not using their great intellect to make the money in the Ayn Ayn Rand's Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand, however you say her name sense you know what i mean it's not because they have this great skill it's not because of whatever they're literally just stealing from other people and one of the scenes again it's just you see them being terrible the entire movie even mark Hanna and the way that he's ordering the drink from the waiter well i want one of these and then in exactly two and a half minutes i want another one and then three and a half minutes later and you're like fuck you but if you've ever been in the service industry and most of us have it's like, why are you such a douchebag? Like, why can't you just order a drink? Like, you have to order a drink and just be an asshole about it. But you have to be a charming asshole about it. And that's another thing that the movie does so well. If this were not Leonardo DiCaprio, would you care about Jordan the way you do? I don't think so. I don't think anybody could have done this part the way DiCaprio did. There's something magical that Leonardo DiCaprio can do. And that with Scorsese, it's very much De Niro Scorsese. It's just magic. They understand and they just have this synergy when they work together that, and he's he's been in six Martin Scorsese movies and he's different. If you watch this, it's very different from The Aviator, very different from his character in The Departed, Shutter Island. Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. They're all different because a lot of those characters were very cerebral and in their heads. Right. This and character like is all, yeah, is all out, and God love him, and he is charming, and he needs to be because otherwise people wouldn't buy his bullshit. And the other thing that Scorsese does perfectly is that he is actually funny, and yeah. you laugh. Yeah, it, this is even a, this later is a when you feel movie. ashamed of yourself. It's a hilariously funny movie for a movie that is not a comedy. It's very, very, very funny. Watching him try to go from the country club into his car. Oh my god, uh, th- uh, that alone should have earned him the Oscar. That, 
DiCaprio, you know, he's people say he's a very cerebral guy. The dude has command over his body, unlike anyone else. There's that one scene where he's dancing at his wedding. I'm like, I, how do you even? How does a white guy even move like that? What is what is happening? It's 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 crazy. But there, I remember there were, there were a couple scenes where he's he's pumping up his the guys at Stratton Oakmont, all of his all of his mm-hmm. brokers, oh. and I was into it. When he was when he was announcing his resignation, when he was like, "I'm going to take this deal and I got I got to go," I was like, "Oh man, I'm oh, sorry, man. Leo." And when he says he's you know like, "No, fuck that, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not selling out, I'm not, I'm not losing," I'm like, "Yeah, Leo, you can like, oh wait, no shit, I shouldn't." And then later, you're and like, he's so great. Yeah, he's he he sell. He's a great salesman. He's Leo. He's charming. And there are also, I was surprised sometimes certainly in the beginning there are these little moments where you're like oh he's actually trying to be a good guy or at the very least he's conflicted about it he was originally married to the mom from how i met your mother and you know she actually helps him a lot and he he tries to make it work sometimes when he gets caught with margot robbie in the back of the limo with with her and she asks him do you well do you love her you can see there's yeah doubt on his face you go like that is why you hire leonardo dicaprio for for a moment just like that because you know you know he does say in three days later i divorced her and i moved naomi in a week later and you get that but there are moments where leo or jordan he becomes an actual person and that's what makes the fact that he's a scumbag well, and, all the worst all the worst and, yeah when he's talking to hannah especially and he's like well I'm, I'm married and oh you know and even his tone of voice his mannerisms are totally different because he's still like a human being because mm-hmm. he's not into the drugs yet or anything like that and he said the, the bit about being advantageous and that and when hannah starts doing that chest bumping thing and he sort of looks off to the side which of course i think you probably know the story yeah yeah. That he started doing that, and he was looking at Scorsese to be like, "Oh, um, like, but, cool. but even that, his little look is like, what the hell yeah. is he doing?" Yeah. But he he had an addictive, insatiable thirst. Right. Yeah. He's you know you. Well, money. I mean, it's the it's the eighties. It's Reagan. It's Reaganomics happening. Like every like you go to Wall Street, you get rich, you can live the life. Like it's seductive. I I get it. But at the same time, it it just reveals his true colors, and and by and by the end, you're like, oh man, you are such a piece of shit. Like you had me, you had me. Like Jordan, like I'm I'm feeling you, I'm following you. But then you, in the the manner of in the, over the course of five minutes, you, uh, basically rape your wife. You hit your wife. You steal your kid, and you almost get your kid injured. Like you're oh, no. and you and you and you and you you. Break into your cocaine stash and you you get high within five minutes. You're like, oh, that's like you you lost me. You lost you're you're done. Yeah, I can't he does, even and with this you. This isn't like like seemingly he rapes his wife. She's yeah. saying no, stop. Stop. Yeah. And, and it's, it's it's so it's so awkward. It's it, you're just like oh, okay. and she's like and then she says like yeah like you know do me like it's the last time like it's the last time. It's like that was the last time and it just it just goes from there. It's like, like Leo. Leo's great, but Margot Robbie, she gets so much credit for being insanely beautiful. 
she is an insanely good actress as well because oh. she holds her own against yep. Leo, and that is no small feat right there. That and is she that's very tough. easily could yeah, very easily could just be the hot chick in the movie. Yeah, she could. But even that shows how stupid he is. I mean, again, I'm not trying to make assumptions about men. Most men on the planet, if they met a Margot Robbie the way she looked in that film, and they somehow got her to not just sleep with them, but, like, marry them, would be like, that's it. That's all I would need in life is this hot, beautiful wife. Yeah. But that's not... That's but, not then, but it meant nothing to Leonardo DiCaprio. He's still screwing all these ugly prostitutes and stuff because he can. Because he can. Because, you know, uh, the, the trailers put this, like, you know, the only thing you want is just more... More, more. That's like, like, that's all. Like, at some point, you don't, you can't, you've bought everything, and you just, you. It's not the things aren't going to fill a hole in your soul, which is what Jordan has, and you just see him striving. He's trying to fill it with drugs, with hookers, with everything, and it's just bad shit that he, you, you, you almost want him to find to find to settle down. There's a moment. There's a moment. He's like, he's sober. He's been sober for a while, and things are boring. But you're like, like, welcome to the rest of us. Like, well, this is this is the way it is. But but it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a Scorsese movie if guy just got to, but live out his life. One so. of the things that another actor who who I think could have gotten a best supporting nomination would be Kyle Chandler as the FBI dude. Yes, Denim. Mm-hmm. Because. His story is so subtle because yes. Martin Scorsese is a brilliant genius. That scene on the boat is one of the most well-acted scenes I have ever seen. Okay. Ever. Tell us about the scene on the boat. Okay. They're up there and they're trying to investigate him. And there's Angel Denham played by the great Kyle Chandler, who this was like the only thing I'd ever seen him in at that point. Some other guy. Coach. He's Coach Taylor. Yeah. Which <laughs> I only just saw recently. All right. But... There's this other guy standing behind Leonardo DiCaprio, and Leonardo, and Leonardo DiCaprio has been specifically told by Bo Deedle, who's also in Goodfellas, by the way, mm-hmm. like, do not talk to these people. And he's like, of course, he's got the big ego, he's got the charm, he's like, oh yeah, he's here's invincible. this, here's that, here's everybody who came to my wedding, and Kyle Chandler's just watching him like a cat about to capture his prey yeah and there's so much going on in his head and he's like oh you know i would be willing to help i was able to help this person that worked with me and he was able to get all this quick money or whatever and he's like you know i would be willing to do that for anyone and kyle chandler looks off looks off like over his shoulder to the guy who's off screen and he's almost like we got him right and he's like can I get you to say that again a little slower? Because it sounds like you just bribed a federal officer and you're like, yay! Yeah, it's, but it's, it's, yeah. so, it's so satisfying. And Angel Denham, who's a real stand-up kind of a guy. But the most powerful thing is after him when he's like, I really, this is a great boat. And the thing that he says, which is so brilliant, is that DiCaprio wants approval. Imagine that, a rich psycho guy with no thing, just really wanting to be approved of. And he said, you know, all these other people, like, they were born really high class. Like, you were born basically, like, poor white trash, and you got this way all on your own. And 
you know, like basically you're a nobody because you're like new money and stuff, which yeah. is the only way really to dig at Leonardo DiCaprio in this movie. And at the end, and then you see them with that big takeover and everyone's getting locked, you know, handcuffed yeah, and douchebags, which is amazing. And Scorsese does those scenes so brilliantly. And um, then, but you see him on the subway. Yes. On his way home, like even though he took down this guy and even though he did his job and this guy's being taken down and that's a triumph, at the end of the day, he's wearing that old brown suit and he's on the friggin' subway. Yeah. He, he has nothing to show for his that's success. That's it. He doesn't, yep. he, he, he doesn't even get to like, like have one last you know, walk around the boat, which he says is like, yeah, this is a very nice boat. I look forward to uh, my guys and pounding it. When they when they when you when they when they send you to jail, it's like I com- I had completely forgot about that 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 moment on the subway, but that's so brilliant. It's like such a quick, yeah, it's be- such a quick thing. But you see him looking around like, and this is still my fucking life. Yeah, I'm on this and, and that's and I'm yeah, sweaty. It smells. It's 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 almost an indictment of people who don't go after the life because you know you like you do all like you do the good thing you. You're a the, spree, noble you, the noble thing, the good thing, the lawful thing, and you end up riding the riding the the, the two three or whatever whatever train that was back in the eighties, and you're like, you know, maybe maybe the question they're asking is like, you know, that life's maybe that maybe that crazy lifestyle is not so bad because at least I'm not riding the I'm not riding the riding the subway, but the subway's nice, although not really not much not, not much anymore. It always smells like pee. It, you know, it that it does not 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 anymore. They clean it. They clean it very well, but uh, it's just it's just horrendously it's horrendously late. It's underfunded. It needs a, like a trillion dollars worth of infrastructure because it was built last century. That's neither here nor there. Uh, but there are a lot of great supporting characters in here. We've already talked about Jonah Hill. We talked about the Punisher. He's in this. Who's fantastic? Like we forget that like he was he was Shane from Walking Dead. He was terrible in that cuz it's a terrible show, but he's he's a good he's a good funny actor. But I got to say the person who steals every scene he's in is is a great Rob Reiner. Oh. Uh, <laughs> because Rob Reiner, he looks like your dad. He's a big teddy bear. And yet when you first meet him, he is just Cursing up a blue streak, and that's the moment where if you're if you were ever on the fence, and if you know who Rob Reiner is, you watch this go, you watch that scene and go, man, everybody's having a fucking great time in this movie. Oh, <laughs> just because <laughs> they called in the middle of the equalizer. Well, the equalizer. And he answers the phone with a British accent for some reason, which I also find hilarious. Oh yeah, it's just like it's a movie that the infectious energy. That everyone has on set, where they just get to curse, they get to they get to just like, like joke around with each other. It it shows in the performances. You have Rob Reiner, who's just hilarious, but also he he has these T-N-E moments where like what are those what are those what are those apps do? They cure cancer. Like yes, yes, they did. They they did cure cancer. That's why they were so expensive. Take a credit card, rich ones. 
Oh my god, the the lines. Leonardo I, I, looks like he's genuinely laughing, and he's like T and E, and he's like no T and A, and he's like you said T and A, and he's like I did it, and DiCaprio's like hysterical, yeah, it's, like it's, you did, Dad, Dad, he did say it, and he's trying to kind of calm everybody down, like they look like they are having the greatest time ever, and I'm, you're jealous because you do, you want to be with them and yeah. hanging out with them. I want to be with them, like hanging out, like in in these moments, but not with the like the. All the madness and the and the drugs. You don't want to be snorting cocaine off a hooker's ass. Is that what you're saying? No, (laughs) I don't. I don't. I don't. Watching this, I still don't understand the appeal. Like, uh, I guess I. But in the end, I think like, oh, it's just because I can, and it's a power thing. Also, they're so wildly unoriginal too. Like, do something fun and whatnot. But I don't know. And also, throwing the little people. Okay, that was that was slightly original. Just debated, debated. That was a hilarious scene. The, the the talking about it was a hilarious scene. It just... But what a great way to open the movie! Just to, in, I mean, talk about instantly telling you these people live a ridiculous hedonistic lifestyle. Right. This is not the real and world. And he doesn't necessarily do it with hookers or whatever. They do it by throwing a human being mm-hmm. against the, against and against you know the bullseye. I mean? And you're like, Bravo, Mark Scorsese. It's a it's a great way. Also, also another great supporting uh, supporting turn. Uh, Academy Award winner Jean Dujardin, who won for the artist. We get to hear him talk. He's the Swiss Fran- Franco banker yep. who uh, who gets pinched and causes all the uh, all, all all the problems. I'm like, oh, Benny Hanna, Benny, Benny Hanna, Benny fucking Hanna. Oh, it's, uh, he's great. It's just so many little. Everyone has like this, these little moments that make it uh, a deserving screenplay for 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 winning. As you know, Twelve Years a Slave. I get it, it's important and whatnot, but I mean, to write to write a, yeah to write a movie like this and have it be as entertaining as it is and as uh, thought provoking as it is is very hard and to not to not come across as like some like hippy dippy preachy oh you gotta like sing kumbaya you gotta give all the money to the poor and whatnot is like fantastic i think it's a lot harder than 12 years slave 12 years a slave yes important capital i it was the important move of the year that's why it won okay but this movie makes you feel about 50 million emotions yeah. 12 Years a Slave, it's like, good. During this sad scene, you feel sad. And that's basically how you feel for the whole movie. This movie, you laugh, and then after you laugh, you're like, oh, that's disgusting. They're actually talking about throwing a human being. It's like you, you, it's, you're, it's this constant battle it's in dirty. your head. It's, it you, makes you, you do unclean. a lot more work. Yeah. Someone ends like, wow, what a great house. Oh, well, now he's going to drive home on drugs. What a what a dirtbag one thing i did have to say about the editing that i forgot is i liked when he was on the phone at the country club mm-hmm. and he has that conversation and he's talking normally and then suddenly it slips and it shows what's actually happening how he's slurring all of his words right and just like when he gets home and he's like oh thank god i got home safely and you're like how did he do that and then the next day you find out <laughs> oh he didn't get home safely yeah, it's not safely at all it was... is there's that constant Oh, that's funny. They're talking about throwing a little person, and they're such. And you're laughing at them because they're such idiots talking about them like they're robots. And oh, you can't look them in the eye. And no, like that. I saw that on PBS. That's a fact. Like, oh, yeah, and you're <laughs> laughing at them, but then you're like, 
they're actually talking about doing this to another human being and yeah. talking about this person like it's an object and that's disgusting. Right. So much more challenging as an audience member than just wow slavery was really yeah. sad like that fastbender guy wow. he was a dick yeah and the, th- and the thing about it is that they're talking about this they're, they're being terrible and these are the guys with money and so in this this society these are the guys with power and influence that and literally sway elections that and literally that literally can sway elections and, betsy devos yeah it's <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I think you might have said that. Um, it's a Scorsese movie, so we have to talk about the soundtrack. I know you're a big fan. You know you're a big fan of musical cues. How does this, uh, how how do the cues work in in this film? It's so uh, it again. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I like the use, especially of um Sloop John B when during that song and the um. Mrs. That updated version of Mrs. Robinson when they bust bust down the thing, and you see Kyle Chandler just standing there like, yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought that was a great use of that song. Like, I don't I don't get it. I don't get why it works, but it works so well. And Scorsese does have that that way of doing it. It's not. This is not. Uh, you know, basically any any musical cue from Goodfellas, which has some of the greatest you know outside yeah, music use. Yeah, to- totally memorable. But this is. This is because it's so Goodfellas-esque in showing these terrible people doing terrible things that it's really, uh, it's, it's, it's very, it's very effective. Some things start and stop almost immediately and you have, and you have, and you have a good time. And uh, I, I will bring up American Hustle that uh, there was more, the music was, uh, it didn't seem like it was masking anything here. Uh, in American Hustle, I felt like a lot of times, okay, we're just we're we're put on the '70s music to kind of, you know, get to the next scene. This felt like it was enhancing, uh, enhancing the moment and really making the montage montage pop. Which not to say that the music is, uh, you know, they have great musical choices in American Hustle. It just I think the musical music works better here uh, overall, even though it's not as memorable as say Goodfellas or like because I think the songs themselves aren't that memorable even in but this is another thing and I've talked about with Goodfellas but even the departed the use of um shipping up to Boston during the credits when he's Mm. you know in the prison and stuff um give me shelter which he uses in everything and yeah he's but it always works it always because it's a great song it's a great song and the the that updated version of comfortably numb I mean it's, it always works. Marty, give us a call. We love yeah. you. It's hard to it's hard to badmouth a Martin Scorsese movie, especially one that has done this well. Like you can badmouth Shutter Island. You can there like yeah, he has some. I yeah, have someone who thinks that's misses. one of I have someone who like that's one of their favorite movies and their favorite performance by Leonardo DiCaprio. They haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street, but they said that movie. They're like, I don't know why this movie doesn't get more acclaim than it does because it's actually legitimately really good. But then again, we also don't hear a lot about The Last Temptation of Christ, also which is a shame. That's one of my. Uh, that is one, we're, we're gonna have a, a long Scorsese talk at, at one point, especially when we talk about Goodfellas. But Last Temptation, I think, is up there as my like all time favorite. Scorsese, you know, he does great, he does great mob work, but his, when he, you know, because he's a almost Catholic priest, when he, when he gets religious, it's he's very fascinating look at, uh, at everything. Uh, we are coming to the end. Wolf of Wall Street did it deserve Best Picture that year? Without a doubt. 
100%. Okay. And I loved, I will say that entertaining wise, I loved American Hustle as much as I loved this movie. This movie's the better film. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not even it's not even a question. No, it's that's... just every single thing about this movie is perfect. Yeah. And it's entertaining as hell. Yeah. This um I would I would also agree. I think Wolf of Wall Street, I uh, put up against 12 Years a Slave, I think it should have won. Especially looking back now, you go, oh, we should have seen this coming. I think this is actually, in hindsight, the more important movie, just given that we are in late-stage capitalism. Shit's going to hell. Regulations are being taken, <laughs> taken away. away. And it's like, oh, and suddenly Wall Street's going to be like this again. And you're like, oh, fuck, no, please. SEC can't do anything. FBI can't do anything. It's... It's uh, it's a horror show. This is this is kind of a horror movie, but this is a um, this is a Armageddon Deep Impact uh, situation. American Hustle is Deep Impact. Fine movies, but everything that Deep Impact and American Hustle did, Armageddon and Wolf of Wall Street did better. I think the oh, editing yeah. the editing's better. The uh, the acting's better. The comedy. This is the. This is the funniest movie of two of two thousand thirteen, and it has a better, down. it has deeper, it but it has the deeper meaning that American Hustle deep. was just entertaining as hell. It is, and it, and it was, but, but, but this, it wasn't really. It didn't make you really reflect on like mankind. Yeah. Wolf of Wall Street, wild ride, crazy entertaining, funny. All of those technical elements slash. It's a very not heavy-handed indictment of these people. And that's one thing Mike Mark Scorsese is good at. Yeah. He's very subtle. He's not beating you down with, guess what? Slavery was bad. We know we kind of already know this going into 12 years of slave. This is just more. Yeah. This is this is this is here the like we're, like I'm going to let you pass judgment on them. And then he does uh, going back one one last time to uh, this is a great opening sequence. It has the most amazing ending sequence. You have the actual Jordan Belfort introducing Leo as Jordan Belfort at this uh, seminar post-prison. And Leo's asking people to sell him this pen, which is, I think, a, it, it, it's, it's a callback to the Punisher, you know, trying to sell, sell the pen and whatnot. And you, and you go, oh, all right, that's like, that's kind of, he's going to be making money doing this stuff. Like, fuck this guy, but... America, I guess, sure. But the he's final... still going on. He went to white collar prison, and they yeah, definitely make a point of saying at it. He's like, he's like, oh, it really sucked. I didn't want to go to prison, but then I remembered, I'm a rich white guy. I'm yeah. not going to crappy prison. And you're like, fuck. God damn it. But but then you have uh, the camera pans up from Jordan, pans around to the audience members at this seminar that he is hosting. And you realize that, oh, shit, we just watched a three-hour movie on this dude getting rich. And here we have these people who are kind of the, if this movie is a mirror, and it is, who are basically us. And we're going, it doesn't matter if this guy was uh, a rapist, a wife beater, a drug addict. Uh, he ruined everyone's life. What matters is that this guy made it and so therefore this guy can probably help teach me how to make it myself because it doesn't matter because everything gets washed away when you're rich it doesn't matter because at the end of the day you're rich and who gives a shit and, and that is the most 
Uh, it's, the, I think, the most brilliant final shot of any movie in the last several years. Just the, just the way it just, it's holding the mirror up to you and saying, yeah, it's like, yeah, you saw this, you're, you're passing judgment, but don't you want to be rich too? In the easiest way possible? Fuck you, Martin Scorsese, I do, it, I love you. It has that effect and the effect of these people know what he's done. They know he went to prison and they're all like little minions. It's like a Hydra. You get one guy, but then like eight pop up. Yeah. And so it's a cycle. And it's it's both of those things at once. And you're like, God, I love you, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. You're so great. And you just want to give him a hug and like talk about Fellini. Yeah, it's just a great... In my a, fantasy. One, yeah, oh yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a wonderful criticism of America and what we all want. We all say we want... Be, we all we all say like yeah we'd want to be denim. Be agent denim. We all want to be denim, but secretly, Jordan's got it. Like he doesn't have to worry about bills or shit. Like that's cool. He'll get another Margot Robbie because yeah. to him all women are the same. He'll find some other hot chick. There's always another hot chick. And it's and that's where that, that's where the movie comes full circle. It's not just like aren't these guys terrible? It's you know aren't we who are in the system. Aren't we all kind of terrible? Don't we all really want this? And don't we enable this kind of behavior because we secretly are all just dispossessed millionaires? Um, it's it's a fascinating, brilliant. I think that final shot alone should have earned this movie the Best Picture Oscar because Twelve Years a Slave, very important movie, and I I, I like it. It's it's uh, it's solid. It's got some uh, harrowing performances. Makes you feel uncomfortable. This movie makes me feel so many more emotions. I, I, I certainly really didn't laugh during Twelve Years a Slave, and this one is like just hilarious well, but sad and everything. In Twelve Years a Slave, the character—it was very clear who you were supposed to root for. I mean, nobody watched Michael Fassbender and said, "Well, he's kind of funny." I mean, you didn't. You're like, he's the villain. This guy's the hero, and Lupita Nyong'o, who I don't think her talents warranted an award i think her character was interesting if they had done more with her but she had to play she's the tragic slave who gets beaten and raped this guy's the guy who's going to get out there's the white savior you know what i mean it's very everybody fit into very neat categories right. not so with the wolf of wall street no. and it, i think that is that's what makes it a superior film is because you do we all fall for the charm i love when leonardo DiCaprio's giving his big speeches and freaking out and it's really entertaining and fun to watch. And then afterwards you feel dirty because you fell for it. And you'd yeah. like to, we'd all like to think we're a better person that I'd never fall for it. No, 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 we, no, we, totally, no, we totally, it's like, if, and if, that's if, why if, 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 if Leo called me up, like he called up Lou, uh, Louis CK and started, you know, wanted to sell some stocks. Like, well, I don't have any money, but sure. That sounds great. It's, I'm the a sucker. I'm a sucker because you, you know, like, well, if, like Leonardo DiCaprio called me up. He was like, "I don't know what to do right now," but that's neither here nor there. Wolf. Of, so agreed. Wolf of Wall Street probably yes. deserved Best Picture. Not probably. Oh, it deserved. Well, I can I can come out and say it. it all right, did. we'll go back in time and we'll and we'll change the result, uh, folks. Thank you so much for listening to the Oscar Watch podcast. If you have would like to voice a complaint. Or a compliment, you can write us at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you and be sure to follow us on social media at oscarwatchpod. Amy Thompson, where can folks find you? 
at a thomason 11 on Twitter or on our Facebook page. Keep up the conversation. We love discussing any old movie with you all. This has been the end of our four-week foray into what makes America tick that we like to call America F yeah. And next week, (laughs) who knows? It's a surprise even to us because... I just haven't planned it out yet. But we do have some ideas. We do have some ideas. We are entering the dog days of summer. And yeah, it's a dog day afternoon. You know what? (laughs) Let's just, for your reconsideration, dog day afternoon. We'll get back to... Sydney um... Lovett. Yes. There you go. 1970 Sydney Lovett. Yes. Ain't nothing better. Uh, Inspiration hits the funniest times. Anyways. This is Oscar Watch. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we'll see you on the red carpet.